So seeing as we are now officially in October, have you uh, done any more Christmas shopping? But have you seen in shops they're selling mince pies? It's officially I the have. time to start getting ready for Christmas. No, it's not. It's officially it the time that <laughs> shops and stores and people who are trying to sell you stuff are telling you that you need to start <laughs> Christmas shopping. That is very different to it actually being the time where you need to start Christmas shopping. I'm that person they're appealing to. I'm that person they are drawing. No, since last we spoke, what do we have? Well, I have a Christmas tree. I don't actually have it, but it's I have it reserved. So I will have a Christmas tree. And I might have, have done a bit out? of... Well, no, but you sort of say what, what if they size. they you a rubbish one? Well, you no, what happens is, if it's like last year, is you pick a size. So I've gone six foot. It's quite a good size. Yeah. And solid. then they deliver them too, but they come with a van of lots of six foot trees. And if you're among the first, you can rummage around and get... I mean, a tree's a tree, to be fair. I'm not that fussy. I mean, a tree's a tree, right? Ah, uh, okay, okay, fine. So you will have a selection, but they'll all be bagged up and stuff, won't they? No, they're, no, they're literally... They're not. They're free-flowing and ready to go. Bagged oh, wow. up. Okay. You bagged okay. up. They're not bagged up. They're sort of real living things. Okay, so bag. you get an element of selection. An element of selection. I just know I will have a Christmas tree. And I may have done a little bit of shopping, as in, you know, you can... I may have stayed up late one night to get a shopping delivery slot. I might have done that. Might have done that. <laughs> it's very organised. I'm I very impressed. <laughs> I'm absolutely what? finding that the world of parenting requires uh, a much higher level of organisation than I am used to. No, but <laughs> so. hang on a second. My twins were six this year and I've only just started doing this. So it doesn't happen immediately. And don't yeah, think it sure. has to happen immediately. I can understand at that stage. It was, He's going to be one this Christmas and I feel like his expectations, well, he doesn't have any. He doesn't know what it is. So <laughs> we're, we're, as long as my child remains with no expectations, I'll be winning. As soon as he gets to the age <laughs> oh, where that's dangerous. He's, he's got expectations, I think I might uh, turn into a bit of a disappointment. Oh, no, I, I've, I've already used the words. You can ask Father Christmas for it. That started ah. when they start saying, oh, can I have this or that? Well, if you put it on your Christmas list and the good thing is you've now got two or three months to say, well, if you're not nice, or you're not good, you might not get it. So that's what you, your bargaining chip on the way to Christmas. Mm. If yeah. you want them to go to sleep or behave, well, Father Chris, you know, all that stuff, which you've got to make the most blackmail. of when they... Basically, bribery. yes. Bribery it, or blackmail? <laughs> which, which is... What's the standard parenting tactic I need to Bribery. Use bribery is the standard parenting. There'll be people aghast listening, but it's bribery. I'm sorry. Yeah, blackmail to... maybe is a bit, bit strong, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think, I think blackmail's a bit <laughs> strong, but bribery, if you want to get something done, cook a meal fold up the washing I don't know have a phone call with someone bribery just okay. if you if you want a conversation with someone bright just you know I'm all for it I, they'll, okay. as I say I'll there'll be people there'll be people thinking no but yes and remember last week you said when we were talking about the fuel shortage um, in the UK and you said there's not a chance anybody yeah. around the world has hurt from it well our listeners disagree yeah, so it turns out I was wrong. I think Glyn, no one agreed with me, did they? <laughs> no, Glynn says petrol shortage was in the Wall Street Journal in New York. How about that? Right, and well. Hadar Hadar says petrol shortage is definitely on the news in Israel. So yeah. Betty, the shortage of several things in the UK is known in Belgium. Betty has got a fake Christmas tree in the closet and a big one. So you see, you just got to whip that out. And okay, on Match nice. Point says, I'm in the US and the petrol shortage did indeed make news here. You see? So 
Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. I abs- categorically, well, I, look, I apologise. I was wrong and I I accept that. Uh, you were very much right, Gigi. I'm, I, I do I do apologise. Quite extraordinary, I think. Um, hoping that the petrol... That uh, I was right? Shortened- <laughs> I know I've said that you were right. Didn't I say that? <laughs> no, I, well, I thought it would be known around the world. So was it quite extraordinary that I was right on this instance? Oh, was it extraordinary? Um... <laughs> No, no, I don't think so at all. I'm, I'm always more than happy to accept when, when I'm, I'm wrong, and that happens uh, most days, so that's okay. Um, probably just shouldn't make such bold statements based on no knowledge, information, or facts, and then I wouldn't be wrong so much. <laughs> but, yeah, well, this comes down to loose facts, which, is, as we know, is a is a theme. Now, we were talking about this. What number podcast are we on? Are we? I've been telling everyone Ooh. we're 150, but have I made that up? Oh no! I mean, I really should know this, seeing as our idea. I, I believe this is 150. What, it might this... be 149, but should we celebrate anyway? <laughs> Can we? I, I think the fact that we've got to a, to 150 is because it, yes, we'll we might chat to each other every day with a message, but actually now finding the time to sit down and just have this conversation is. It's, it's it's quite crazy, isn't it? It's quite yeah. Well, when we started, we were definitely in a very different different. We had stage. one less child, one less child when we yeah. started. Yeah, yeah. One and one less child. Gosh, is it only the extra child that's made the difference? I feel like other things have happened. Well, there's a lot, a lot of different. We're all in a different situation, aren't we? Different circumstance, and it's just. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's good. You know, we're working lots and we're never well, I think that's also changed is we're sort of doing more different things work-wise. We're working together yeah. a lot less frequently than we did before. Is it I, I As in, well, we haven't worked together this year, have we apart from Wimbledon? I was just wondering, is it should we read into that? Is that <laughs> <laughs> Have we been physically separated or has one of us deliberately maneuvered away from the other? Oh. <laughs> Oh, I say. Well, as I was posing the question, it's definitely not me doing the separating. <laughs> it is. Yeah, we we just don't. You're doing a lot more with the world feed and TV. I've been working for ATP Tennis Radio. Well, you've been risk. in Liverpool this week, which is very much not oh, my bag. That that was an experience because I was I had a wonderful opportunity of presenting some shows on Five Live. So back. Really, to, well, lots of sports. We're really back to my football days. That's BBC and, um, for the international. Oh, listeners. sorry, yes, sorry, yes. Who do know about the fuel shortage? Um, it's BBC Radio Five Live. They definitely can, know about BBC, which, which you can get abroad in a with VPNs and strange things these days. You can listen to uh, it everywhere. Okay, yeah. yeah, you yeah. can. So I was at Liverpool Football Clubs. I've now got to say football or soccer, but I was at Liverpool Football Clubs Ground Anfield. No, and it's, don't say soccer. It's Come on, ju- the Americans can <laughs> keep up. They can manage. <laughs> We're just starting to get back into outside broadcasting stadiums after COVID, etc. And amazingly, Anfield is one of the grounds I'd never been to. I think I've been to all the others in the in the Premier League. Oh, really? League. Apart from Everton, for some reason, whenever Chelsea's trip to Liverpool came up, I wasn't around or involved because I just haven't been to Everton or Liverpool. Um, and for people who've been there, it, it's it's extraordinary. It's the atmosphere that you know what it is and I know we've been at Wimbledon and been I do a lot of tennis at the moment remotely but to be in a stadium with thousands of people singing and just everything about being Mm. in a live sporting event with a crowd it's it's it makes all the difference it's it's the 12th man it's the whatever it's the it was but I have to say I arrived in Liverpool the night before and I got there at 6 30 and I don't know if people have just missed partying or if in Liverpool it just starts earlier but 
it was in full swing. I mean, there were people passed out. There were people singing. There were people in all sorts of states of bother. And this was 6.30 at night. And I know I'm... States of bother. I don't think that's how they describe it in Liverpool. (laughs) I don't know how else to put it. Um, And I know I'm getting old, but I literally got to my hotel room and was like... I think I've got to get food delivered. I don't, I don't think I can brave it because I was right quite in the centre of sort of party central. Mm. And I just thought, I don't think I can risk it. I, I just, uh, I, maybe I've been sheltered for too long with my age and with COVID that I sort of got the food to me. But there was a, there was a very drunk man in the lift. So I got the other lift because I didn't fancy going in that lift. So it was, uh, yeah, I think, um, so that was quite interesting. But, the, uh, but being at Liverpool, the football, the match was incredible, was, was amazing. So I've, been, I've sort of kept an eye on the tennis because I remember talking about Cameron Norrie's final yeah. that day, San Diego. Um, San Diego. So, so I've been Lost talking about that. Lost to Casper Rude. And so I'd, I'd been talking a little about tennis, but it was all about football. So it was, um, it was a lot of fun. But now it's, it's back, it's heavily back into, into tennis, really, for the, for the run-in to the end of the season. Someone said to me, when's, when's the off-season in tennis? I was like, I just mm. don't feel like there is one. Nope. <laughs> it, or it gets shorter, doesn't it? It gets... It, it is one of, it's one of those... I think it's definitely the biggest thing that when you talk to athletes from other sports, and I've been privileged enough to do that, especially some of the you know, real top elite athletes, um, they cannot... Under, they can't comprehend the season that that's what they don't understand is that <laughs> most of them will say but I have a big block of time off and then a big block of training before the season starts again um and that is just sort of how most sports do it there are some um yeah there there are some um I found it quite interesting watching some of the uh the information coming out from uh, you do sort of, I do find this quite often with other sports that they'll be saying that something is crazy, that what they're doing now is absolutely crazy. And I'll be sitting there going, yep, tennis says that week in, week out. So for example, <laughs> the, the world athletics, the, the athletics world championships, when that was in Doha, it was yep. so hot. So they were doing things through the night and the marathon I start, I believe started at midnight. And, you know, all of our pundits were sitting around going, this is outrageous. What sport does this to their athletes? Makes them play in the middle of the night. And I'm just sitting there going, tennis. Tennis does it all the time. We love a night session. We do it every week, even when there's no one there. Like, we just do it anyway. Um, And then, yeah, I just find it really fascinating. And I think the one going on this week is uh, the F1 schedule and that they're sort of adding so many events or so many events so many races to the schedule and everyone's saying 20 is enough and they're on sort of like 25 and they're saying oh we'll add another one in the states we'll add another one they're trying to catch up i think for last year um and then there was this little um map of the world showing where they're hopping from week to week to week three weeks in a row and i'm like that's a standard tennis schedule (laughs) i know they've got to get cars around and things it may be more logistically difficult but uh, in terms of the athletes performing right it's uh it's very similar so it's just quite been quite interesting watching people complain about it being like yep that's what tennis does yeah and and then when you throw in sort of exhibitions and just things going on a bit longer and we've got the new format davis cup finals and and everything just and the Australian Open say, no, we're back to our normal dates this year. So we're going to be back in our normal slot and everything just condenses. And you talked about night sessions this year at Indian Wells that starts today for the WTA. Yes, it? Wednesday. yes, Wednesday. And it starts on Thursday for the ATP. We're going to be covering it remotely for different people working through the night. But there's going to be an emphasis this year 
in Indian Wells on night sessions. And that's partly because of the silly temperatures. So that, and the great thing about Indian Wells, it, it's called the fifth slam. It's got everything, you know, all the courts. They got lights. They got Hawkeye Live. They got, they got the money. They got the infrastructure. So there is going to be a greater emphasis to have the cooler conditions on night sessions in the desert. Yes. So we've got that not before time, haven't we? Is the night session yep. starting at 6 p.m., I think, local time, something like that? Normally it would be sort of 7-ish, but yeah. And uh, it's they, just more courts, isn't six, it? So. It's yeah, they've courts. just got they've just got the space. It, it just, I mean, in terms of running a tournament, like running a tournament is not easy anyway when you've got that amount of athletes to deal with, but it makes it an awful lot easier when, <laughs> when you've got those sorts of conditions and those uh, those courts as well. So we'll, we'll be watching out for the heat. I'm sure it's going to take its toll on players you think how Medvedev has struggled in the heat on yeah, hard courts like through it, the year it? Djokovic was not happy yeah. about it as well so um two of the well the two best hard quarters arguably I'd say the argument's fairly short but they are two, the two best hard quarters <laughs> as far as I'm concerned um and they both hate playing on a hard court in the extreme heat so they'll be hoping for some night sessions I'm sure yeah just have things a little bit cooler and and the other changes in terms of the other change in terms of what we're looking at, capacity is not going to be quite 100%. Spectators have to be vaccinated. I know there's still the yeah. discussion about tennis players and, and we can move that on to, to Australia and kind of the, the sort of words coming out of Australia in terms of what will need to be done. But there's not, therefore, if you've got to be vaccinated, it means there'll be no spectators under the age of 12. Because while some countries, I think, have started giving vaccinations to under 12s largely, and that includes the UK at the moment, it's 12 and over. So it's going to be a childless Indian ones, apart from the players who, and they will be facilities for them to bring their children. Well, I mean, the players don't have to be vaccinated. So, right, so half, I mean, I say half, but those aren't necessarily official numbers, but a lot of them aren't yeah. vaccinated. So I suppose they're they're in those areas that makes a difference. But why wouldn't you, if if children aren't supposed to be vaccinated or required to be vaccinated yet yeah, i don't know why you wouldn't just sort of because uh, allow it but. well because they can still carry it so i guess they're trying to keep yeah, but it so you can vaccinated people that's a really good point that's a very good point so Literally, I, uh, that, yes. I thought it would be basically like if you're over the age of 12 you have to have your double vaccines if you're younger than 12 come on that in. is a very good point as you Everybody say, because, can carry it. Of course you can. because the vaccine is is just to stop it having the effect it can have and trying to lessen the effect of covid so you might not end up in hospital etc etc so as you say it could but no they've they've made the decision that it's not you know so oh they've it, said that have they i missed yeah, that no yeah, no kids no kids oh, no under 12 so oh, spe- spectators are going to be vaccinated and no under 12s and the other things you'll have your umpires you'll have your ball girls and boys men and women but yeah. you electronic line calling because again indian wells is a tournament that can do that because they've, yes. they've got it on the courts. It's not. So I think they're the, the the big differences. And I'm sure there'll be slight separation in certain areas and, and everything will be as it is. But what we are going to have is a few changes. If we look at the women's draw that starts today, we're only missing four of the top 20. So we don't have Ash Barty, who, mm-hmm. and it talk seems that she's not going to be doing the Billie Jean. She's pulled out, isn't she, of the Australian team for the Billie Jean King Cup finals. So it seems like maybe her, her race is run for, for yeah. 2021. What a fantastic year. Fantastic year. Arena Sabalenka caught COVID in Indian Wells. 
Yep. So she's isolating. Isolating until she's got the all clear to to move on. Nehemiah Saka, as we know, is just down tools for the foreseeable future. We wait to see the next step there. And Sophia Kennan is so they're your your four. So you have a so Carolyn Pliskova is top seed. So you have a very strong field, including the defending champion, because we haven't had a tournament for so long. Bianca Andrieski was at the unveiling of of her mural that they do for the the winner. I mean, I I'm can you just think back to that year that she had? And uh, I'm not going. Am I? Gonna, I'm not going to compare it to Radicon. I only am in the sense of she suddenly just was like, "Wow, I'm going to win a couple of the biggest tournaments, and then I'm going to win the U.S. Open. I am here." Yeah, it's amazing to think that she's defending champion. And um, yeah, there's there's all sorts of little things. I mean, you were saying to me before we started recording that it's Fiontech's debut in the main draw. Yeah, she fell in 2019. She fell in the second round of qualifying. Yeah, it's similar to like uh, what we had with the grass court season in that you had yeah, all of these players yeah. that were so, so good and they have just not played a match on grass. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just they haven't. Weird. It's weird. Maybe a couple in juniors, that's basically it. But um, yeah, so it's a very, very different Indian Wells, isn't it? It's, uh, I think, in terms of where we were at in 2019 if Andrescu was able to defend her title I think it'd be absolutely extraordinary and look we did um, a pod on her a while ago and I was saying that I thought and I still stand by this maybe for ego so, reasons um, <laughs> <laughs> that she was the only player that could beat Osaka playing at her best on a hard court but that they just never had, they had never played at their best at the same time. They're the, they, for me, they're the yep. two best hardcore. They're the Medvedev and Djokovic of the WTA. Yep. And, uh, and they've just not played well. But the, the, and uh, Andrescu did incredibly well coming back from one injury because she won the US Open. It was a serious mm. injury. She was out for a long, long time um, between Miami and the US Open. I know that she had come back briefly on the clay and won a match and then realized that was a, a bad idea and then went and won in Canada of course and then the US Open I mean she was just a winning machine she in terms of those events yeah and uh, it's just that as we're seeing with somebody like a Roger Federer when you're sort of consistently taking this time out and a Serena Williams when you're consistently taking the time out it gets harder each time to find your level and she just hasn't been back for long enough and seeing her playing recently it's fantastic to see her back look the grass was always going to be rough she's one of those who's barely played on grass she couldn't move on the stuff it's a foreign object to her uh it's going to take a little bit of time but in terms of getting her hard court tennis back it's um you know it, it's it's going to be a, a slow process she's playing quite differently to how she played in in 2019 i think she's approaching things differently she's got a new coach of course and um yeah, it's gonna be it, it's gonna be tough for her. I think it doesn't seem like she's just gonna sort of blast through again as she has done a couple of times coming back from injury. It feels like she's been away because pretty much look since she won Indian Wells in twenty nineteen, I actually don't know. I probably should look it up, but like, I mean, how many tournaments has she actually played? Um, you know, and, and I would say on a hard court because that is where she yeah. is so brilliant. She's a she's a world-class player on a hard court not so much on clay and, and grass um although I do think she will be so yeah it, it's it's tough going for her at the moment but it'll be interesting coming back to Indian Wells all those memories will that give her a boost well she is so the 32 seeds get the buy into the second round and she's in the top section of the draw so you've got Pliskova 
top seed. Mm. Then the other seed, I'll just run down the seeds. Then you've got Podoroska, Kontovitz, Andreescu, Jabur, Collins, Cerebes, Tormo, Zachary, uh, Krachikova, Georgie, Badosa, Goff, Kerber, Kasatkina, Zidansek, and Muguruza. I mean, boy, mm. I mean... I'm going to get a prediction from both of us at the end of this, and that's just the top half, and I'm already a little bit stumped. And Sviontek, having making her main draw debut at Indian Wells, is the second seed, and she's yeah. in the section where we will find Emma Raducanu, because that sounds normal to say that, doesn't it? As mm. the 17th seed, Simona Halep, newly married, new coach, Elise Mertens, Serana Kester, Victoria Azarenka. I mean, it's it's packed. Belinda Bencic, your, your Olympic gold medalist, Ostapenko. I mean, it is. It's absolutely stacked. We've said this in many pods this year, but it's such an exciting time in the women's game in terms of the matchups, in terms of the strength. Into like if Muguruza, Muguruza, recent titleist, I thought she could have done such huge things this year, but she wasn't able to stay fit. What if she can? stay fit and then I, I'm interested to see Coco Goff you know everyone will be talking about Goff and now we're talking about Raducanu she's the the, the the young thing she's a US Open champ I want to see the sort of reaction to Goff and how she takes that next step I want to see if Andreescu the type of tennis she's playing and Zachary being a top 10 uh, just I don't know there are so many stories and exciting things in the WTA at the moment which this tournament I think this tournament is going to be very very interesting yeah, I can't wait. Uh, really, I, I can't wait. I think it's uh, it's going to be a, a really fun one. Um, I would just say back to Andrescu. She obviously did yeah. make the final in Miami, didn't she? Um, which was uh, you know, so she, going back to a place where she's done well before, um, you know, that it, it it could really help her. But yeah, I mean, who do you pick out of out of that bunch? Genuinely, um, haven't got a clue. I mean, no. we. Do you wanna... it's just always, there's so many ifs, isn't it? It's about you know if this per like if Andrescu plays how we know she can, she's going to win the tournament because I don't well, think anyone can match that. But then you can say if if Raducanu plays as she can, she's going to win the tournament. <laughs> no. Uh, no, see, see, I would I'd slightly dispute that because we don't know how she can play because <laughs> really well just, apparently. Well, really well, yes, exactly. But she's just sort of like upping her level. I don't think she played at, at the level that we've saw Andrescu playing at um, on the hard court in 2019 um, because she wasn't required to. You can only beat the person in front of you. You can't really play above what is necessary. You could, yeah. But she might have it in her. I mean, we didn't... <laughs> each round, she seemed to find a new level. So maybe she can find that level. She just needs to face it. So could she face Andrescu in the final? Um, you know, that oh, sort of thing. I mean, it, wow. it's just incredible. And, and, you know, Sabalenka, you just feel like Sabalenka... And for all the for all the criticism that is levelled at Sabalenka with her power game, and I know that people look at the semi-final at Wimbledon and they just think, what was she doing? If she had just found the tiniest bit of discipline, she would have been fine. She would have been through to the final. But you've got to say, she has been... Is she, is she number two in the world still? She That means she is so consistent. She is incredibly consistent. Remember when she first broke through, she had that huge run, particularly through Asia, the Asian swing. She did really, really well. And she she put together a lot of these tournaments. And then she went off a little bit and you thought, well, you know, she is that sort of big hitting player. We'll get that run together. I'm sorry, but... You look at her results. She is very, very consistent now. Um, not necessarily every single week, but she is consistently picking up big points and she's consistently threatening. And I just feel like 
she's got to get a breakthrough, right? In terms of winning the big tournaments. I mean, she has won big tournaments before, don't get me wrong. But, you know, winning something like an Indian Wells or a Grand Slam, like she's putting herself in these situations now. And I think she's always sort of in the mix. It's just not quite... Uh, coming together for her in the in in the way that she would like, but yeah, uh, but is that got, is that to give credit to her for how, what she's doing? But is that the mental side of things? Because this year's two titles, Abu Dhabi and Madrid. Um, we know she won the doubles with Elise Mertens, her Grand Slam winner there. She was runner up in Stuttgart this year. Is it is it the mental side of games? Because she's got the power game. And you talk about discipline. So, what does she need to get herself over that finish line? What would make the difference? to Sabalenka well Stuttgart she lost to Barty didn't she I believe uh, I think a big difference will be Barty not playing that would be very helpful <laughs> that is a game style that she she can you know that, yeah. that can really um, disrupt her um, so yeah that will be helpful if you because you know look Barty's sort of the only player who plays like that um, and plays that much of a different game style. I think you can throw in Jabur in the mix. Um, yeah. An old school Andrescu with her drop shots and her slices, which don't really seem to be featuring much in her game anymore. It seems to be going much more down the baseline power route, which she was always very, very good at as well. Um, you know, when it comes to big hitting from the back of the court, Sabalenka's right up there. Well, of course mm. she's right up there. She's number two in the world. What am yeah. I talking about? It's not a surprise to anyone. <laughs> but, you know, she... she I think what I'm trying to say is that she is somebody that's overlooked. Of course, look, Madrid is a huge tournament to win and she's won those tournaments before. But, um, you know, Indian Wells winning Grand Slams, it's next on the list for Sabalenka. It's going to happen. It's going, it's got to happen. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Have you seen that Andy Murray is in the shortlist to be Emma Raducanu's long-term coach? <laughs> is the shortlist like everyone? <laughs> Anyone who could possibly be Emma's Emma's coach? Oh, that's uh, that'd be fun. You still Cause, be playing? Because <laughs> because uh, Jerry Bates is is with her at the moment, but he's still with Katie Bolter, isn't he? So I guess that's yes. a little bit of a job. Show. And he's got experience in terms of just maybe seeing her. Because I imagine what you don't want to do is rush into an appointment. You just want to take your time and maybe for this short period of time, work with someone you know who's got that experience you're looking for just until you're ready to make that long-term decision. Yeah, it's just a terrible time to commit to somebody anyway because it's the back end of the season yeah. and really you're going to want to do a training block with any new coach through the very, very short off-season that we have. <laughs> um, but you would get a few weeks to to work on something or actually now that you're in you know Emma's position, well, it depends on whether she makes Guadalajara or not, but... Um, you know, she, she the women's season wraps up just that little bit earlier than the men's. You just get that extra, I think it's a week or two. Is it a week or two, two weeks? Makes um, all the difference. Makes all but the it, difference. it does make all the difference because you can have had your holiday and come back when the guys are finishing. Then you can start your training block. So you get that little bit of extra time. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I imagine the plan would be to start with somebody new 
in in the off season, get some training, get some work done, and then do a trial period through the Australian swing, uh, wherever the Australian swing may may happen, and uh, and then and then sort of go from there. Really, um, there's no need to rush into it. She's playing great. You know, Andrew Richardson, who she worked with at the US Open, was a short term coach. Uh, she's done work with Jeremy Bates before. Um, not necessarily him being in charge of her program, but she's been on court with him a lot. She knows him well. He's, of course, you know, um, somebody who's been uh, involved in British tennis for for such a long time. So, yeah, um, makes makes total sense. But I imagine uh, would be on a short term basis, just sort of looking after her through uh, through these events. In terms of Indian Wells, what do you have to deal with in terms of conditions and and how the ball? plays and because Indian Wells at Miami is so different in terms of the heat that you get but what will she and they and everyone else be facing in Indian Wells? Well one of the things that I've heard from people who came back from New York because I wasn't able to be out there was how quick the courts were they were saying it was extra quicker than grass quicker and watching it on TV you could see how quick they were very very suitable to the Radicanu game as we saw as demonstrated (laughs) (laughs) um but uh, but yeah, a lot of people saying it was rapid, as in we used to have those sorts of surfaces like the indoor hard court events. Um, you know, think of Paris Masters. We've still got that's very, very quick, but we used to have quite a lot more of them, especially on the ATP. Um, you know, I'm talking 20 years ago. And uh, yeah, really, really rapid out there. So the courts are going to be slower. Um, they are slower in, I mean, it's pretty difficult to make them as quick as, as the U S open. And, and you've got to remember as well, because there's sand in the surface, uh, in the top of the surface that gives the grip. So it's the, the more sand you've got in the top of the surface, the grippier it is and the slower the, the court is, but that sand wears away through the tournament and particularly two week tournaments like U S open, like Indian Wells, um, that it, it, it's quicker at the end of the event than it is at the beginning. Um, it is significant um, in terms of the difference. Like if you played on the court on day one of qualifying and then played on the court on the final day, you would notice a difference. But um, because it's sort of gradually happening, it doesn't really disrupt players. It just does get quicker and quicker. But Indian Wells will be much slower than the US Open, but it'll be much quicker through the air. So it's that sort of, it will fly off the racket because you've got that thin desert air that is going to be very light. The ball's going to fly around. Um, you know, also just to say at US Open, they're, they're really light zippy balls as well with, um, the, uh, the Wilson, the Wilson balls that they use there. Um, and yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna zip around, but it's going to just hold a little bit more on the course. You've sort of got that combination. So going through the air, that really affects how you feel on your shot and the short of sort of shot you deliver because you get more pop off the ball. It can get away from you. We talked about the altitude the other week. It can sort of feel like that a little bit that it's just, you can't quite get hold of it. It's flying a bit more than you think it's going to, but the bounce of the ball impacts you receiving the ball. Right. So you've got sending skill. You know, when we're teaching kids, you you teach them sending skills and you teach them receiving skills. So sending the ball is uh, going to be affected more with the conditions in the air. Receiving the ball is going to be more affected by the bounce because that's what you're dealing with. I mean, unless you're serve volleying, then you're not going to deal with it that much. But, <laughs> but but most players will be dealing with a bounce. Uh, and that's the, the most crucial part to read of of the ball. 
It's, uh, it, we should, I mean, everyone will know this, but normally it's played in March. Now we're in October due to things being shuffled around. But the temperatures, have, I've been seeing our, our friends and colleagues out there saying it's really hot. I mm. mean, I don't feel sorry for them because as yeah. temperatures start Good to drop whining. here, they're, they're in the California desert at my favorite tournament. But something we're going to have to get used to saying, talking about, dealing with, especially as, as we work for a large part in the ATP, is it's a tournament without... Roger Federer, Rafa Nadal, which we knew, but more recently, Novak Djokovic just posting, no no reason, he just said, I'm afraid I'm not going to be in the desert this year, you know, hope to see you next year. But that's going to become the norm that these guys are not at events. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, and it already sort of feels quite normal because it's expected, isn't it? I mean, I suppose Djokovic not playing is, oh, okay, he's not playing, but he's only one one player. But yeah, it is expected that these players uh, you know aren't there at the moment um you know whether we see them back again I'm sure we will in in some form but if, you know even if they were playing are we talking about them in terms of winning the tournament yes for Novak of course yeah um but for the others not really it's more just sort of oh they're playing let's see you know what they can what they can do uh, again talking about it with Andrescu that just the compound time off for injuries just getting hard each time you have that chunk off and you know they did it when they were younger but when they you know when they were younger and you think Serena's in this category as well you know they'd take those chunks of time off but then they'd get a really long run of competing uh, so you know Serena would wrap up after the US Open every year protect her body and her mind and then come back but then she would you know she would play pretty consistently okay she wouldn't play often people were very regularly saying she's not playing enough tournaments but mm. she would be playing pretty consistently and getting a lot of matches in um but you know with with Federer you know coming back to play a few tournaments and then going away again and then coming back to play a few tournaments then going away again it just gets harder each time because ultimately it's this length of it's years that you've sort of not been playing consistently for so it, it even though you do pop up it, it might be three months since his last match but how many matches has he played in the last two years, for example? Like, it, it, it's just that sort of adding up over time. So um, we'd all like to see them back, of course. You know, that they, they are superstars of our game and it cannot be underestimated what Federer, Nadal, Serena, uh, and now Djokovic, although Djokovic is, seems far from done. So we'll have to wait to see what his impact on the sport will be. But what they've done for tennis, outside of tennis... I think, I mean, they've done plenty within within tennis as well, but outside of tennis is just, it, it just can't be underestimated. It's just, they're a phenomenon. 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 Yeah. And th- would you believe that the top 10 seeds at Indian Wells, and this is barring any further withdrawals, the oldest in there. So your top 10 are yeah. number one, Medvedev, 25 years of age, US Open champion. Yes. Number two, Sitsipas, 23 years of age. Three, Zverev, he's 24 Four, Rublev's 23. Five, mm. Mattia Berrettini's 25. We're getting younger now. Six, Kaspar Ruud, who mm. swept up all those titles when people were at the Olympics. 22. And we're getting younger. Seven, it's Felix. So is Jelia Seba, 21. And we then shoot up to 24 for Hubert Hercatch. We then come down to 22 for Denis Shapovalov. And in at 10, Yannick Sinner at the age of 20. They will be your top 10 seeds at Indian Wells 2021. See so under 25s. It's amazing, isn't it? 
Under- yeah, I mean, that is extraordinary. And then she'll just sit back and laugh when Ivo Karlovic just storms through the qualifying <laughs> draw and takes the title in his 40s. So we're going to have an Andy Murray, Ivo Karlovic final at Indian yeah. Wells. <laughs> sit down, children. That's what they'll say. Come on. <laughs> we're not done yet. I mean, it's, look, it's great that they're coming through because for so long, and look, we're never going to be able to replace these guys. But just to have new characters, new personalities, new rivalries, they're starting to come through. You know, these guys, they, they've got stories. You can look at each of them and there's, I think for most of them, there's something exciting that, that stands out about them, whether it's their game or it's their personality or it's their rival with another player. And this was going to happen at one stage. And I think when those guys decide to finally, including Ivo Karlovic and Andy Murray, put the rackets away, that they're leaving men's tennis in good hands. Well, yeah, of course. But the, the the thing is, is that I think I was talking about it, I think, again, with Serena in terms of leaving a power vacuum. And that's sort of it, really, isn't it? You leave... They, they have just hogged all of the tournaments, all of the limelight, all of the main court matches. I mean, you know, the the, the age-old problem for for Wimbledon when you've got the big four playing they've only got six spots on the show courts on the manic Monday and they want to put 50% women on 50% men on those courts but who out of those big four you can't send Andy Murray out to court two you can't do Nadal you can't do Federer you can't do do Djokovic now people are going to have their own opinions on that absolutely and I'm not saying what my opinion is on it but oh go on you know that is (laughs) (laughs) but that is um that's always been an issue. And the fact is that if you don't get people out on the show courts, if you don't get them on the uh, the primetime slots, and if they don't win tournaments and big tournaments, then they're not going to have the room to be superstars. I mean, unfortunately, it's all been hoovered up by uh, by the, the big four. And I, you know, I include include Andy Murray in that um, just because of the amount of Masters events that he won, you know, they're big, huge tournaments as well. Uh, and now there is a bit of a power vacuum. And yes, Djokovic is winning an awful lot and will continue to win an awful lot. But there is room, there is room for these other players to now win things like the Olympics, like the US Open, like Masters events where Djokovic has chosen not to play and to rest because there's only one player out of those big four. Uh, I know Andy's still playing and he's still playing at a very, very high level and it is phenomenal what he's doing um but uh you know ultimately if you are in that group of top tenors you know the opportunity is there one of them's got to do it and why not you yeah no absolutely you've got to you've got to make the most of it you've got to take your opportunity while it's there i'm just looking through because i hadn't seen and looked at the at the men's draw, I mean, I should have done. This is one of only two masters that Andy Murray's mm. not won. The other one being Monte Carlo. He's in as a wild card. He starts against Adrian Manorino and then could face Carlos Alcaraz in the second round. And he's also in the little section with Sonigo and Monfils. He's in the bottom half of the draw, basically. So you're looking at seed-wise Berrettini, Isner, Sinner, Fanini, Sitsipas, Garin, Pablo Carreño, Busta. And then top half, you see Medvedev, Krajnovic, Dimitrov, Apelka, your man Apelka, Shapovalov, Karatsev, Korda, Rublev, Nori, Schwartzman, Ugh. Evans, Rude. So your winners of Indian Wells 20, <laughs> 2021 on both Oof. the men's and the women's are. Now, I probably should have thought about this uh, a, little, <laughs> a little more. Um, I think even if you do think about it, it's still very difficult. Every time... 
I think about uh, Muguruza just comes straight into my head every time I, I just can't get away from it. I'm not going to pick her. I'm going to pick Sabalenka, I think, for the women's. How about Hang on. Sabalenka's got COVID and isn't playing. Oh wait! So, <laughs> uh, so I'm going. I'm going. I'm going with Sabalenka's not going to win it. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Well, that would so, be probably so. It, but that'd be far off one of my worst that, other predictions. But, but that makes me think you should go. Why are you not going, Muguruza? Why are you? What? What is it? I've why? Her so many times. Yes, but oh, but she's she coming off so the well, back though. of she's coming off the back of winning a title. She seems to be fully fit. As I yeah. said, at the beginning of the year, I thought she was going to clean up, but she wasn't able to stay fit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, look, this, it, in many ways... Wait, run, run, of, run, yeah, what, what, top in, seeds in, again. In, in many ways, we, in many ways, I, I feel with this, we could get a, we could get a pin and, and just sort of go through it. Right, okay, so you, well, your top seeds, sure. your top seeds from top to bottom in the draw. Yes. Carolina Pliskova. Yep. Nadia Podoroska, let's just run through it. Kontovic, Andreescu, Jabir, Collins, Cerebus, Tormo, Sakari, Krachikova, Georgie, Badosa, Goff, Kerber, Kasekina, Sedansek, and Muguruza. That's your top half. And then bottom half, Kvitova, Azarenka, Radakanu, 17th seed, mm-hmm. Halep, Mertens, Pegula, Kastea, Svitlina, Bencic, Teichman, Fernandez, Pavlichenkova, Rybakina, Ostapenko, Kudamatova, and Svantec. Wow! I mean, it's you could take a pin. You could take a pin yeah. and stick it in there, and it might not even come from one of the seeded players. It is yeah. so strong. So we're not going to get it right, are we? I, well, I'm going to pick Sakari. I can't believe you're still. Zachary. Why are you still not going, Muguruza? What right, is wrong? Sakari or Muguruza, isn't it? Sakari. Going with Sakari. You're still not going. Wins, well, well, I'm going Andreescu because I think I just oh, nice. want. I just want her to. She's one of my favourite players. I know we uh, want her back I to just, her best, don't we? I want her back to her best. I love it when she's playing at her best. She's excited. You know, Raducanu's probably going to go and win Indy was, but I just, I just, yeah. And so we've both gone. No, Sakari's bottom half, isn't she? Um, but yeah. okay, so I'm in top. And for the men's, is that any more straightforward for you? Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Apelka. What about Apelka? Um, Your man, I Riley. I, the, the conditions are going to suit him great. I think, you know, that pop off the ball. I feel there's a but. For sure. But? I think he's doing well. I just don't know but? if he's going to win it. <laughs> um, I think he's going to win a Masters event in his career. I believe that. I, I, right. I'm on it. I is it going to be this one? I think it, I think we're a year too early. I think hold tight, twenty twenty two. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, look, we know I'm a big fan. Uh, no, I'm going to say no to Opelka. I mean, Medvedev's okay. coming in as a favourite. I feel like this could sort of be Sitsipas's tournament, but he really has been struggling recently. Mm, so yeah. since his French Open loss, he he would have to really leap up the level. I mean, well, how about Casper Rude? Ooh, he's playing. Well. I no, mean, he's a, he's a winning machine. But no, not not in this field and these conditions. I I I couldn't have Rude it, to, to go mm. deep. But I could I couldn't have him. I I'd love him to, but I could I no. I think it's difficult to move away from Medvedev. He's very difficult. He's so so good. And, and the top um, half of the draw, I think, looks better. No disrespect yeah. to any of the very good players in it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to go with 
with Medvedev. I think if Sitsipas was in better form, I'd be picking him with the conditions. I quite like the conditions yep. for him. But um, yeah, he's going to have to leap up some levels and he's been trying to do that and it just hasn't hasn't quite found it. He's not even playing badly. It just hasn't quite been uh, you know, where he was where he was at because no one can sustain it all year. Um, yeah, Medvedev. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go Medvedev, I think. Yeah, okay, so Medvedev for the men's, Sakari slash Muguruza for you, Andreescu for me. I do want to talk about Australia, but we'll do that next week because there's one final thing. I've been doing a clear out. You know, it's uh-huh. it's like a spring clean in the autumn, just trying to get rid of stuff because so much stuff and children go through so much stuff. And as you don't really do Christmas, so I'm guessing you don't really do Halloween but you might surprise me and be a massive Halloween fan. I don't mm. know. So as I was going through, uh, hasn't started that positively, has it? I was going through the boys' stuff. Would you like baby Fernando to be dressed as a big pumpkin for Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> because for you, um. I can bring you in a pumpkin. Your child can become a big orange pumpkin complete with hat. What, what, do you know what? Why not? Why not? Let's do that as a surprise for his dad. <laughs> and then I will get the blame. Right. Okay. I will. Baby Fernando will become a giant pumpkin for Halloween. Excellent. Excellent. I'm looking forward to seeing the photos. <laughs> and I'm Can't looking wait. forward Thanks to for seeing that. you in person in a day's time. I know. I'll see you tomorrow. Not working together, but I will see you in the middle of the night tomorrow. Bye. Bye.